The sermon this morning is on Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16, verses 46 through 48. This is once again on page 125 of your pew Bibles. And we'll read that once again. And here we read, And Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put fire on it from off the altar and lay incense on it and carry it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and a plague was stopped. Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in our world today, barriers are frowned upon. When it comes to jobs and roles, it is argued that everyone should have equal opportunity and no one should be excluded. These cultural aspirations filter into every aspect of life, including church life. The church, though, is governed for a different purpose than society. The purpose is worship. And the Lord governs his congregation, and he directs all things for his own glory and for the benefit of his people. This is true for us, as it was true for his people in the wilderness. At that time, the Lord called the tribe of Levi for service in the tabernacle. And this service included guarding the furnishings of the tent of meeting and ministering to the people. The Lord appointed from the Levites Aaron and his sons as priests. The priesthood belonged exclusively to them. And if the Lord's rules concerning the priesthood were not followed, punishment would follow. Still today, our holy Lord demands perfection. He calls some to office and he determines the roles of his people in the church. When his rules are questioned or challenged, his wrath hangs heavily on the congregation. This is the reality, and it is serious. But our Lord is gracious and merciful and has appointed an an eternal intercessor to save us from eternal condemnation. I preach to you Numbers 16, verse 46 through 48, under this theme and points. Our theme, the appointed high priest stands alone between the living and the dead. And we'll look at three points. Our first, the Lord defends the office of his only high priest. Second, the Lord accepts the atonement of his only high priest. And thirdly, the Lord calls us to pray through the intercession of his only high priest. 
Our first point then, the Lord defends the office of his only high priest. Unbelief leads to rebellion. And the Israelites, soon after they were unable to enter the promised land, are rebelling once again. We read that Korah, a Levite, and Dathan, a Byram, and On, Reubenites, have, ri- have risen up against Moses and Aaron with 250 chiefs of the congregation. Korah is interested in the priesthood, and Dathan and Abiram have a problem with Moses' leadership. And although Dathan and Abiram are weaved in and out of the account, it is Korah's rebellion against the priesthood that, makes, that becomes the main point, the main focus. Together, they they rise up against Moses and Aaron, and they say, and we can read this in verse 3, You have gone too far, for all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? This is a a faithless and baseless accusation. The Lord has exalted Moses and Aaron by placing them in their roles over his assembly. This accusation then, as Moses tells Korah in verse 11, is not against him and Aaron, but against the Lord. And Moses, knowing this, falls on his face. And in verse 6 and 7, he tells Korah and his company to to do this, to take censers, put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow and the man whom the Lord chooses shall be the Holy One. Moses acknowledges that it is the Lord's choosing of who is the Holy One, the High Priest. At the same time he is saying that there is only one Holy One, only one High Priest. It is an exclusive office that belongs to no one other than Aaron. Korah and his company are jealous and envious of the appointed office. Their own role as Levites, this privileged role of serving in the congregation, is not enough. They want more. They take up Moses' test. All 250 men take up their censers. And in verse 18, they they lay incense on them. And they stand at the entrance of the tent of meeting with Aaron and Moses. And there the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. See how wrathful our Lord becomes when his appointed office of priests and their duties are challenged. Korah and his company were not authorized to burn incense on their censers, a sin that brought the Lord to consume Nadab and Abihu with fire in Leviticus chapter 10. The Lord determines how our worship is to be conducted, and he determines the roles of all within the congregation. 
Any deviation or human interference is a sin against the Lord and worthy of his wrath. Korah's company would face the same punishment as Nadab and Abihu. In verse 35, we read that fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. The Lord defends the holy office of priests by consuming the men with fire. All the censers from Korah and his company were taken from the blaze and hammered into plates that would cover the altar as a sign and reminder for the people that no outsider who is not of the descendants of, of Aaron, that no outsider should draw near to burn incense before the Lord. If anyone or any outsider did, he would become like Korah and his company. The next day, we notice in verse 47 that Aaron takes up his censer. But unlike Korah and his company, Aaron was not consumed by fire. He was not consumed because he was holy to the Lord by appointment and office. He was authorized by the Lord to take up his censer. No other household was given this authority. From Aaron's censer, intercession would come. Not because he was any less of a sinner than his fellow Israelites, but because God appointed him. And God was using Aaron to point forward to Christ. And this is why the Lord defended the office so powerfully. Because he would eventually do away with, with the Old Testament office of priests. And his son, Jesus Christ, would be appointed by oath as a priest forever. A priest after the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 110 verse 4. And just like Aaron, our Lord Jesus did not exalt himself to be made a high priest. No, he was appointed by the Father. Hebrews 5 verse 5. This is why Jesus said to the Jews in John chapter 8 verse, 50, verse 54, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. The Lord defended the office of priests in the Old Testament for the sake of Christ's anointing to the office of high priest. Since it was impossible for Korah or anyone else in the Old Testament to take for themselves the office of priest, it is impossible for the office of high priest to be taken from Jesus Christ. And this is why it is so sad to see people continually trying to take over the office of the great high priest. And we do see examples where there are attempts to take this, this exclusive office. The Pope, who is here in Edmonton recently, is believed by many to have the ability to intercede and forgive sins. There are many who pray to Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are many who pray to saints. Another example would be attempting to please the Lord 
with our good works. Those times we try, we try to earn his favor on our own without God's appointed high priest. Placing our hope in the kingdom work that we do rather than humbly submitting before the gospel declaration that we need a high priest to intercede on our behalf. In these ways, we place an intercessor either in place of or in addition to our eternal great high priest, Jesus Christ. Mary or saints cannot pray to the Father on our behalf, and we cannot please God on our own, for they are as we are, imperfect, and God demands perfection. Our only Jesus Christ, our high priest, is able to intercede before the Father on our behalf. God's wrath hangs heavily on the practice of praying to Mary and the saints. God's wrath hangs heavily on us when we rely upon ourselves or any other person or object for that matter. When we do, there is a need, a great need for atonement. And this will lead us to our second point. Our second point, the Lord accepts the atonement of his only high priest. After the Lord consumed the 250 men with fire, we read that the very next day, the very next day, the people were grumbling against Moses and Aaron, accusing them of killing the people of the Lord. The people are unrepentant and have hardened their hearts. And this displays the default of our human nature, our, our human nature, total depravity. We cannot say that we are any different. We also are, are prone to hardness of heart, prone to continue on in our sins. Even if fire were to come from heaven, we would fail to learn and have our eyes opened to God's instruction. And this hardness of heart shows our utter need for a mediator who can bring true and lasting atonement. Because of this hardness of heart, the Lord told Moses to get away from the congregation. He wanted to instantly consume them. Once Moses and Aaron heard the Lord speak, they fall on their faces just as before. They recognize the seriousness of the situation. The Lord's wrath, his holy wrath, is upon the congregation. And Moses commands Aaron, he commands him to take up his censer with burning coals from off the altar, along with incense, and to carry it quickly to the congregation. We can sense the, the urgency of the moments. Aaron runs, and behold, the plague has already begun. We are not given the details of the congregation's activities, but we can imagine that as the death toll is rising, there are attempts to stop the plague from, from stopping, from, from spreading, sorry. But it would be to no avail. The congregation is in desperate need of an intercessor. 
As Aaron runs into the midst of the congregation, the censer that he is holding in his hand is burning the incense. And from the censer comes a cloud. And this cloud covers Aaron. And he is able to make atonement for the people. The plague stops. And there Aaron stood between the dead and the living. The Lord's heavy wrath against the congregation was stopped by the atonement that came from Aaron's censer. And this is a a unique situation. The Lord did not tell Moses or Aaron to make atonement for the people. Moses, on his own initiative, orders Aaron to take up his censer. And also, usually where there is atonement for sins, we would expect a, a blood sacrifice from a goat. After all, it was Christ's sacrifice on the cross that satisfied God's wrath against our sins. Why then did the Lord accept incense for atonement? Because this historic event is anticipating the complete work of Jesus Christ. It is looking ahead to Christ's prayerful intercession for our sins his ascension, and is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. This passage is not pointing to Christ crucified, but Christ glorified. Incense is often associated with with prayer. Earlier when we sang from Psalm 141, in the first stanza we sang, Oh, let my prayer like incense rise. Incense is also associated with protection. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 13, we read that Aaron was to put incense on the fire before the Lord so that the cloud of the incense would cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony so that he would not die. What we have here is the cloud from the incense rising up. And in verse 47 is being put on by Aaron just as our prayers rise up to Jesus Christ and are taken up by him. The incense would cover Aaron just as it would cover the mercy seat and Aaron would become a symbol of mercy and forgiveness as he stood between the living and the dead. What was once a a situation of great despair as the congregation was one by one falling dead becomes a miracle of God's incredible grace. The Lord accepted Aaron's offering of incense, which brought relief and joy to the congregation. Where do we seek relief, protection, and joy brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is where we seek mercy and forgiveness. When we pray to him, his prayers on our behalf are accepted by the heavenly, merciful Father. There is no one other who the Father will accept intercessory atonement from. Not the Pope, not priests, 
Not Mary or, or saints or angels, ourselves or any other person, dead or alive, only Jesus Christ can intercede. The Father will surely forgive our sins for he loves his son. And his son, the good shepherd, loves us, his sheep. The love of Jesus is also foreshadowed through the efforts of Aaron. Although Aaron was hated by the Israelites, who were jealous of his priestly office, he ran. He ran. And Aaron was not a young man. At this point in his life, he was around 90 years old, or if not older. Yet the Lord strengthened him to run, to make atonement for his people. Aaron loved the people, and he tried to save as many as possible by running into the midst of the congregation. He ran into the midst of the same people who were in rebellion against him. Brothers and sisters, look how our Lord, via his appointed high priest, rushes to the rescue of his covenant children. And Aaron is just a type a foreshadowing of the true mediator, Jesus Christ, who is so much greater. Jesus Christ, while on earth, was ridiculed and accused. Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the peoples of Israel gathered against him in rebellion. Yet he loved the people it was his unwavering desire to humble himself upon the cross for them. Where Aaron ran into the midst of the congregation, we can say that Christ hastened to the cross. Where Aaron was not killed at the hands of the congregation, Jesus was handed over for death. And where Aaron only stopped the plague, Jesus Christ took the plague that we deserved upon himself and secured eternal life for all who would believe. What a glorious and self-sacrificial mediator we have. Now our risen Savior eternally and continually intercedes for us at the Father's right hand and we will see in our third point that the Lord calls us to pray to him through the name of Jesus, the great high priest. The result of Aaron's intercession was that the plague stopped. 14,700 souls perished, but many more lived. The cloud of incense upon Aaron made a barrier between the dead and the living, between the condemned and the forgiven. The Lord's anger can be so intense and burn so hotly, but his favor towards his people is just as swift. Psalm 30, verse 5. In the Old Testament, it was the office of priests who interceded on behalf of the people. Now we have our risen Lord and Savior, the person, Jesus Christ, who intercedes for us. He, through his resurrection, 
pass through the heavens, paving a way of prayerful intercession from heaven to, to from earth to heaven. As Article 26 of the Belgian Confession puts it, through him, through Christ, we have access to the divine majesty of God. Having conquered death and sin, he now holds his priesthood forever in heaven. From there, he will be able to save at all times to the uttermost, to the uttermost, anyone who draws near to the Father through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7 verse 25. And we are in need of saving. Although Christ conquered death and sin, and the victory is his, the symptoms of sin are still very much real for us here on earth. Daily, we contend with our sins. We don't always love the Lord and our neighbors as we should. We are not always content with the roles that the Lord gives us in his covenant community. Privileged roles, such as parenting, teaching, serving on committees, ushering, along with many others. There is at times quarreling and resentment amongst each other, but also towards the offices. We don't always respect the Lord's ordained pastor, elders, and deacons. How often is it when they make a decision that we do not agree with, that we speak, think, and, or act harshly against them? Remember, brothers and sisters, these are men ordained by God. These symptoms reveal a disdain, a disdain for the Lord and his plan to bring us into peace with him through Jesus Christ. It is dangerous for us to grumble against the appointed offices of God. We are to obey and submit to their leadership for they keep watch over our souls as those who will have to give an account. Hebrews 13, verse 17. This is a command from the Lord, not a suggestion. And where sin is present, there is a need to truly trust that Christ, our appointed high priest, is interceding for us. This trust is shown when we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. For the Father calls us to pray through the intercession of his only high priest. And Jesus tells us, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, verse 13. When we seek forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ, we will be forgiven. This is the promise of our Savior. And he knows our sins and weaknesses. And he is able to sympathize with us because he himself faced the same temptations as we face, yet without sin. 
We will be saved from the plague of sin and eternal death. Even though we are dead in our sins and transgressions, those moved to prayer by the Word and Spirit are presented by Jesus Christ before the Father as those who are alive in Him. In our display text from John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Those who believe may be comforted to know that Christ not only stops the plague from progressing, from spreading, but picks up our dead bodies off the wilderness wilderness floor and brings us back to life. In the name of God, brothers and sisters, I urge you to truly believe and trust that Jesus Christ is the only perfect high priest. To truly know and understand what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. And to see that any prayers and works outside of him only leads to eternal condemnation and the death that we deserve. Our Lord is loving and compassionate. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross so that he would rise and blaze a path directly to him. Our great high priest sits enthroned on high next to the Father, interceding on our behalf. Our sins against God and each other are forgiven when we pray in the name of Jesus. No other name will do. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Let us respond to the preaching of the word with the words of hymn 42, where we will sing of the the prayerful support that our great high priest provides us before the Father's throne.